Shalom and welcome to the Jewish Mind, where the growth of modernity meets timeless wisdom and solutions of Judaism. I want to start with a global introduction to Kabbalah in general and to Hasidus in particular. There is uniqueness to Jewish mysticism that demands of us to first and foremost accept that that which we see isn't what actually is. Without being able to let go of thinking that we see things as they are, we are blocking our linear paradigm from perceiving circular reality. More simply said, we as finite people categorize the world around us by its finite properties and by its finite code of evolution. However, being that in essence, everything that exists first and foremost has within it the infinite fingerprint of its infinite creator, God. Therefore, what we are doing when we think in a finite linear paradigm is that we are exclaiming that only the small percentage of the iceberg that we see above the water exists. And with that, we are also denying that the greater mass and foundation of the underwater portion of the iceberg exists as well. And that in greater measure, it is the underwater larger mass of the iceberg that defines the longevity and properties of the smaller portion of the iceberg that is above water. A great mentor of mine who lives in Israel, Rabbi Zalman Guppin, once told me that his personal experience is that physicists are mentally prepared and trained to understand Hasidus because their paradigm is built upon the truism that nothing is as we see it. A solid isn't a solid as much as it is a substance of tightened molecules. And a colored object is in truth everything but the color that it did not absorb and therefore is precisely not the color that it is seen as. Today, thanks to technology, we are all open to the phenomena that most of reality takes place beyond the scope of what the naked eye can see. This truism is a gateway into Jewish mysticism and for this specific lecture, it is the gateway to the three mystical dimensions of Shabbat. For starters, what to us seems to be only one day of the week is in reality three days in one day of the week. In the teachings of Kabbalah and Hasidus, Shabbat morning isn't Friday night and Shabbat afternoon is neither Shabbat morning nor Friday night. We can see this mystical concept in the wording of the same Shabbat prayer that we recite three times, once on Friday night, once on Shabbat morning, and then again on Shabbat afternoon, with a one-word change in each of the recitations of the prayer. You may recognize this prayer when I sing to you now its opening verse. Elokeinu velokei avoteinu there is a line in this prayer that reads in the Friday night rendition as that all of Israel who sanctify you, your name, may rest in her. Which reads in the Shabbat morning rendition as 
that all of Israel who sanctify your name may rest in him. And that reads in the Shabbat afternoon rendition as, that all of Israel who sanctify your name may rest in them. This is according to the liturgy as it is based upon the wording of the great Kabbalist Rabbi Isaac Luria, known as the Ariha Kadosh, also known as the Arizal. The reason for the changing of wording is because the three different portions of the Shabbat 24-hour period are three different dimensions of Shabbat, as we will soon see. This concept is also expressed in what is known as the three meals of Shabbat. The Talmud explores how many meals need to be eaten in celebration of Shabbat. To find the answer, they extrapolate from the verses of the Torah concerning the manna, which fell in the desert, in which the Jews were commanded to gather double on Friday, for the manna will not fall from heaven on Shabbat. Let's look at what the Talmud says. Quote, Our rabbis taught, How many meals must one eat on the Sabbath? Three. They expound the same verse, And Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. End quote of the Talmud. Let's see what's going on. Each time it says the word today, Hayom, in the verse, we extrapolate an obligation to have another meal. Thus, eat it today is the meal of Friday night. For today is a Shabbat to the Lord, is the meal of Shabbat morning. And today you will not find it in the field, is the meal of Shabbat afternoon. There you go. Now you have the three different days within the day of Shabbat. Now, some codifiers of Jewish law extrapolate that since concerning the third meal, the verse says, today you will not find it in the field, therefore the Shabbat afternoon meal is not like the other meals that are made up of drinking and eating, but rather it is celebrated through words of Torah. Today you will not find the manna to eat, so how do you celebrate this, me this meal if you're not going to eat? And the answer is through words of Torah. The mystical reason for this difference concerning the third meal is because the third dimension of Shabbat represents the world to come, the seventh millennium, in which there will be no eating and no drinking. Thus we see that the third dimension of the Shabbat is the ultimate gift from God, which is unattainable through the service of mankind, for the finite service of mankind to God does not reach this infinite level of Shabbat, the world to come, or the seventh millennium. This is why our sages say concerning this third dimension of Shabbat, and I'm going to quote to you a beautiful statement about Shabbat which comes from the Talmud, Tractic Shabbat, page 10, side B. The Holy One, blessed be He, said to Moses, I have a precious gift in my treasure house called the Shabbat and desire to give it to Israel. Go and inform them. The definition of a gift, what does it mean I have a gift, a precious gift? The definition of a gift in Jewish teachings has a double dynamic. 
On the one hand, it is a gift, which is beyond what the person can earn. On the other hand, one does not give a gift but to someone who has delighted him. So the gift from above comes from a dimension that is unreachable by the finite service of the human being. Yet this gift is only given after the person's service to God caused God delight. I, I want to just explain this mystical concept a little better. Anything that can have a cause and effect relationship with God, which means that we earn it, our cause causes an effect, God doesn't give us as a gift. He tells us, do what you have to do to get what you have to get and we'll be partners. But then there's that which is beyond the scope of the finite human capacity to create a cause and effect. That's what mystically means the gift. It's a very sublime level that we cannot reach through our service. However, on the other hand, even though we cannot earn the gift, however, we must at least cause a delight which will arouse God to want to give us a gift which is beyond the scope of our earning. We will return to this third dimension of Shabbat, the gift, which is Shabbat afternoon later on. However, let us first explore the first two dimensions of Friday night and Shabbat morning. So, Shabbat dimension one. When exploring anything of a God-based religion, the foundation of the exploration must be found in the Torah, upon the which the human mind can then extrapolate the philosophy of the concept. Otherwise, if we first build on our philosophy, it isn't a divine exploration, but a human exploration. So let us find what the Torah says about Shabbat. The Talmud discusses what the prayers are for a holiday that fell out on the Shabbat day. So you know, Shabbat is always the seventh day of the week. Um, let's take, for example, Passover. Passover is on the 15th day of the month. What happens if the 15th day of the month happens to be on Shabbat? So now in our prayers, we need to mention both Passover, the holiday, and Shabbat. The Talmud discusses this. I will quote to you this piece of Talmud, and then I will decipher it for you. Quote, Rabbi says, He should also conclude in the benediction, Who sanctifieth the Shabbat, Israel, and the seasons. Etana, Tana is a sage. Etana recited in the presence of Rabina that he holds who sanctified Israel and the Shabbat and the seasons. So he said to him, means Rabina answered, why would you do that? Does then Israel sanctify the Shabbat? The Shabbat has already been sanctified from the creation and so continues. Say rather, who sanctifieth the Shabbat, Israel, and the seasons. So, let's understand this. The point being made here is that holidays depend upon the day of the month, and the days of the month depend upon the, when the Jewish courthouse declared the Rosh Chodesh, which is the new moon, the first day of the Jewish calendar month. So, the Jewish courthouse has the power and has to declare that this day is the first day of the month. When they sanctify Rosh Chodesh, then from there it goes on to count the days, and that becomes the holiday. Therefore, when it comes to a holiday, the prayer first speaks of God sanctifying the Jewish people who proclaim the Rosh Chodesh, and then the prayer declares that God sanctified the holiday. 
However, Shabbat does not depend upon the Jewish courthouse. Shabbat was sanctified by God. And therefore, I'm going to quote the line of the Talmud, the Shabbat has already been sanctified from the creation, and so continues. Therefore, prayers of Shabbat does not mention God's sanctifying the Jewish people. The blessing is, Baruch Atah Hashem, Mekadesh HaShabbat. Blessed are you God who sanctified Shabbat, not Mekadesh Yisrael Ve'et HaShabbat, who who sanctified the Jewish people on the Shabbat. We don't mention sanctifying the Jewish people because that isn't a part of sanctifying Shabbat. So now we understand what the first dimension of Shabbat is. The, this is the first dimension of Shabbat which comes complete from God. The commandment of this dimension of Shabbat to the Jewish people is simply guard the Shabbat. Shamor et Shabbat. Meaning that there is nothing that Shabbat needs for us to do for it. Rather, all that Shabbat entails of us is to guard our Shabbat, our gift from God, and not to lose it. This is Friday night in which we are the feminine recipient of Shabbat. Let's go back to the wording of the prayer. That all of Israel who sanctify your name may rest in her feminine dimension. In, <coughs> in conclusion, Shabbat dimension one is... The Shabbat has already been sanctified by God and so continues and therefore is all there is for us to do with Shabbat is to guard it. Shamor et Shabbat. Let's move on to Shabbat Dimension 2. To understand Shabbat Dimension 2, I want to share with you an interesting law concerning the holiness of holy objects. The law is that tefillin, phylacteries, are holy. They must be treated with respect, kept in a double covering, and fasting or charity is necessary if they fall on the floor, God forbid. However, the holiness of a brand new unused pair of tefillin is not on the same level of the holiness that a pair of tefillin that was used even once by a Jew fulfilling the commandment of donning tefillin. That which is holy on its own is holy. However, when a Jew then uses this holy object in serving God, imbuing the holy object with the fulfillment of the will of God, there is an exponential leap in the quality and quantity of holiness of the holy object. Let's go back now to Shabbat Dimension 2. The verse in Isaiah states, If you restrain your foot because of the Shabbat from performing your affairs on my holy day, and you call the Shabbat a delight, the holy of the Lord honored, and you honor it by not doing your wanted ways, by not pursuing your fears and speaking words. That's what Isaiah says to the Jewish people in chapter 58, verse 13 concerning the Shabbat. Now, the key words of the verse to us in this lecture are, And you shall call the Shabbat a delight. Now, in Kabbalah Hasidus, when the verse commands us to call, what does that mean? It means that the verse is commanding us to draw down upon. Thus, the verse is commanding us, the Jewish people, to not just receive and guard the Shabbat, but to also influence upon and to elevate the Shabbat. To be precise, the verse is commanding us that we are to call, to draw down upon Shabbat, the divine sublime level of delight. That's what the verse says, and you call the Shabbat a delight. 
This is the Kabbalistic meaning of the verse's commandment. And you call the Shabbat a delight, you shall draw down upon the Shabbat the sublime spiritual divine level of delight. What this means is that Shabbat on its own does not have the sublime level of delight. It is holy, but it does not have the sublime level of delight. And that we are to give Shabbat something that it does not have on its own. This is the second dimension of Shabbat, which is Shabbat morning, in which the Shabbat needs to be elevated by the Jew. The commandment of this dimension of Shabbat is make the Shabbat, meaning that there is something that Shabbat needs for us to do for it. This is Shabbat morning, in which we are the masculine giver to Shabbat. Let's repeat the prayer that we say, the wording of Shabbat morning, that all of Israel who sanctify your name may rest in him, bow, masculine. We are the giver to Shabbat. We bring upon Shabbat something Shabbat does not have on its own. And you call the Shabbat, you draw upon the Shabbat a delight, Oneg. In conclusion, Shabbat dimension 2 is, the Shabbat has already been sanctified the, 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 in, in, I'm sorry, in conclusion, Shabbat dimension 2 is the words of the verse, and you call the Shabbat a delight. And what we need to do for Shabbat is to make it. What does it mean? Make it, fill it with delight. Now we can understand the double commandment of the verse. There's an interesting verse in Exodus telling us about what we should do with Shabbat. Let's read the verse. Thus shall the children of Israel guard the Shabbat to make the Shabbat throughout their, gener ger throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant. Well, what is the verse telling us? Two things, guard and make. For Shabbat dimension 1, the verse is commanding us to do nothing else but to guard her. It is as it is sanctified by creation, from creation. However, for Shabbat dimension 2, the verse is commanding us to make him because we need to bring into Shabbat the sublime level of delight which it does not have on its own. Now we can return to Shabbat dimension 3 and put it all together. Shabbat dimension 3 is the ultimate gift which is given only to he who has brought the giver, God, delight. However, the infinite gift is beyond the finite service of the one who has brought the giver the, the delight. So, on one hand, there is a gift which is beyond the scope of our reach, but we have to at least cause delight in order to arouse, quote-unquote, God to give us the delight, the gift. So, let's put it all together now. The opening of the relationship between the infinite God and the finite us, we must begin with God giving us, I'm sorry, it must begin with God reaching out to us, inviting us and empowering us to have a relationship with Him. Without this, we cannot enter on our finite own into a relationship with the infinite God. Thus, Shabbat dimension 1 is God giving us the Shabbat has already been sanctified by God from creation, so continues. Now, first we open ourselves up to receive this invitation and empowerment from God by simply guarding the Shabbat. Then, as we are now empowered by God 
and we have integrated this empowerment into our lives, we can now be an active participant in our relationship with God. This is Shabbat Dimension 2, in which we are the influencers and we are the ones to elevate and call the Shabbat a delight. Through our active participant in our relationship with God, we cause God delight, to which God now wants to give us His ultimate gift, which is Shabbat Dimension 3, the infinite circular 7th millennium, of which Shabbat becomes the infinite plural of that all of Israel who sanctify your name may rest in them. That's the wording for the exact same prayer of Shabbat afternoon, in them, plural infinite. All this is hidden in a seemingly random verse of our Torah portion. You shall keep my Shabbat and fear my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Seemingly, this verse is randomly throwing three different commandments together. One, keep my Shabbat. Two, fear my, ha my sanctuary. And three, I am the Lord. However, in essence, Jewish mysticism is now going to show us the entire verse is mystically speaking of one concept. And with it, it is also giving us a powerful secret. The verse is speaking of the bottom Shabbat dimension 1 and of the top Shabbat dimension 3. As it states to simply observe, guard the gift of Shabbat. Remember we said that when God is telling us to guard it, that means there's nothing we need to do for it just to receive it because it's a gift. Dimension 1 and dimension 3 is the gift God gives us. Then it goes on to emphasize the higher Shabbat dimension 3. Let's see how that works. The sanctuary and the holiness of the sanctuary lie specifically in the Holy of Holies. More specifically in the Ark within the Holy of Holies. More specifically in the tablets in the Torah which lies within the Holy Ark, which is within the Holy of Holies, which is within the Holy Sanctuary. Therefore, the commandment that says fear my sanctuary is actually focusing on the Torah which is in the Holy Ark which is in the Holy of Holies which is in the Holy Sanctuary. Our sages state that from the times of the destruction of the Holy Temple the holiness of God now rests in Torah study. Hmm, what does this tell us? Thus the focus here is on the third meal of Shabbat afternoon which is the, which is the meal of Shabbat dimension 3 which is beyond eating and drinking and celebrated only through Torah study. Let's go to the last part of the verse. I am your Lord. Rashi, Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki, classic commentator of the 11th century, defines the words of the word verse, I am your Lord, as, as follows. What God is saying is, I am trustworthy to give you your reward. That's what the words I am your Lord means. I am trustworthy to give you your reward. Let's see what this means mystically. The ultimate reward of a commandment is to experience the infinite divinity connection within the mitzvah itself, within the commandment itself. The infinite divinity connection of a commandment is the ultimate experience of the world to come and of the ultimate experience of the seventh millennium. Once again, we are speaking of Shabbat dimension 3. However, 
in the opening statement of the verses, where speaking of Shabbat, it mentions 1 and 3. When it says, you shall guard the Shabbatot, it's talking about Shabbat dimension 1, Shabbat dimension 3, where we don't give, we just guard. There is no dimension of them there is no mention of dimension 2. What is the secret behind this? Shabbat, Shabbat dimension 1 speaks of the Baal Teshuvah, the returnee, the man who is battling his own inner rebellion and forcefully observing, guarding the Shabbat. Shabbat dimension 2 speaks of the holy righteous people who are able to influence even greater spiritual heights into the Shabbat. Thus the verse is revealing to us an amazing secret by speaking only of Shabbat dimension 1, the Shabbat dimension of the Baal Teshuvah, the returnee, and then jumps to Shabbat dimension 3 without any mention of Shabbat dimension 2, which is of the holy righteous people. Why? Here's the secret. The ultimate gift of Shabbat, which is Shabbat dimension 3, given to those who truly bring God delight, is brought about through the Baal Teshuvah in his simple struggle to overcome his own rebellion and to simply observe the simple Shabbat that God gave us. Remember what we said, Shabbat dimension 3, the gift is only given to those who cause God, bring God the light. Bringing God the light is actually through the work of the Balteshuva more than it is through the work of the righteous. Thus the verse speaks only of Shabbat dimension 1, the simple struggle to overcome one's rebellion and to simply observe, guard the Shabbat, which is what brings us Shabbat dimension 3. Wow! In closing, let us see how the mystical concept of Judaism Shabbat can empower us in our life of modernity. According to all medical statistics, the number one killer of modernity is stress. Shabbat is the gift of rest, of inner peace. So let's start with a simple question of what is rest? Rest dimension one is the absence of work. Simply speaking, not having to get up early, not having to get dressed, take phone calls or respond to emails, but to be able to stay in pajamas all day, sipping coffee and just chilling, is to have a day of rest. That's rest dimension one. In rest dimension one, rest is not a proactive concept, something that we do and achieve. Rather, this rest is to simply guard it from work and desecration. Rest dimension two is where we become proactive in the delightful experience of rest. Not living the pain of the past working week or in the fear of the future working week isn't enough. We must actively live in the inner peace and delight of the present Shabbat. This is where we actively live in the calmness, the family value, and the spirituality of Shabbat. Rest dimension two is our not rushing from the Friday night family table, running from the synagogue's community kiddish, or whining through the rabbi's sermon of words of Torah. Rather, we are actively participating and enjoying the rest of Shabbat. Rest dimension three 
is what Napoleon Hill in his book Think and Grow Rich defines as the secret to all successful people. It is the ability to connect to a higher intelligence. This is the ultimate gift to not be stuck in our own egocentric finite paradigm of life but rather to be able to connect with a higher intelligence's infinite paradigm of life that's where rest dimension three true inner peace exists this doesn't have to be just a once a week experience my mother may she live and be well one Passover Seder stole my afikomen. Let me just share with you what the afikomen is for those who don't know. In the beginning of the Seder, you take the second middle matzah, you break it in half, you hide a piece which represents the, pa the Passover sacrifice, and then at the end of the meal, you bring it back, and that's the last thing you eat, and that's how you end the Seder. Now, it's become a custom in order to keep the kids excited and awake, we let them find the afikomen, and then they bargain and negotiate with us that if we want it back, we have to give them a gift. So my mother, not a child, decided one Passover Seder to be the one to find my afikomen and to negotiate to me. I will share with you what she wanted from me. All she wanted from me was that I should promise her that I will turn off my cell phone when I pray during the week. What my mother was asking me was to Shabbatize my weekday prayer moments. On any day of the week, we can experience Shabbat Dimension 1 by stopping in the midst of a chaotic moment and to simply pray, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change. On any day of the week, we can experience Shabbat Dimension 2 by us not just seeking the gift from above of having acceptance and serenity, but that we rather actively participate in stepping out of our suffering body of painful memories and to focus on our infinite soul conscious of faith and sweetness. I want to repeat again, this is worth repeating, what is Shabbat Dimension 2 that we can have on any day of the week? We actively participate in stepping out of our suffering body of painful memories and to focus on our infinite soul conscience of faith and sweetness. And finally, on any day of the week we can experience Shabbat Dimension 3 by simply opening ourselves up to the simple solution that God offers us to the most complex of our situations. Let's understand this. Yes, we adamantly and arrogantly focus on the need to understand how complex, convoluted, and difficult our situation is. With this, we are frustrated in seeking for an even more powerful, complex solution. We want to be the most powerful rat in the rat race. Shabbat Dimension 3 is us humbly not needing to be a complicated, powerful rat. Rather, we open up to the infinite higher intelligence that shows us the divine simple solution. This is how we connect with the ultimate divine gift of the inner peace of Shabbat Dimension 3. This is how we cure the stress epidemic. Friends, 
Modernity offers growth and growth comes with challenges. Judaism offers timeless divine solution. The Jewish mind is where modernity meets Judaism.